Last time on Almost Heroes. We started in Bronngrim's room and we needed to get away. We needed to prove our innocence of Bronngrim's uh, assassination because we came in. There was like somebody with a mask. We talked about that and we met Chesk, who was one of the council members. Uh, Cosmo was able to persuade his way out of being guilty and into diplomacy of being able to solve this assassination. Um, so after which, we kind of went on uh, trying to figure it out. There was poison, so we were trying to figure out the poison. Um, and then when uh, Glenn went back to try and figure the poison out or maybe come up with an antidote, he got attacked by this assassin. And then we went down into the mines and stopped the assassin who was Rangrim's long-lost daughter of 50 years. matters holy crap she was a uh, she was a real handful uh glenn walks over and picks up the <laughs> glenn walks over and picks up the uh dagger off the ground um and <clears throat> just kind of like puts that into a i'm sure i have an available holster and i pick up the mask and start walking over rangrim and holding it out i'm like rangrim uh you sure look a little spooked when you saw that face I feel like that beard might have been similar to yours. Any relation? I <laughs> mask. We haven't even determined if dwarven women have beards in this campaign or not. Because I don't think she they does. do. She well, does. Ragram's daughter does not. Whether she or not, does not have a beard. Whether she shaves it or does not have one, I'll we'll use our imaginations. But in this setting, she does not. Yeah, she's let's even whether it's because of her age or what. Um, essentially, she would be like eighty years old at this point, but that's uh, still like pretty. I don't know. That's pretty young. For uh, a dwarf. That's young for a dwarf. It's like four hundred fifty is the higher lifespan. Yeah. And so you said you handed me the mask. The mask. Yeah. So Rangroom just kind of takes it and he looks at it. And like fighting back tears, he's just like smashing it into the ground. Oi, Rangrim, don't break it. And he just kind of throws it. And like at the gate where she came from. Not like just more of just like a quick bit of rage. And he just starts yelling off into the deep. I'll find you. I'll find you. And he looks over to Glenn and he takes the dagger from him. And he just is shouting to him, basically just shouting at into the darkness at this point. I will make this happen by the old ways. And he kind of looks at Cosmo for a minute and looks back, blood and fire. And he just cuts his own face, like right down his left eye with the poison dagger and throws it on the ground and just kind of starts slowly walking out of the mine. I look to Glenn turns to Cosmo and goes, uh, I, th I think I might have said something. Oi, Glenn, that was uh, I'm very, very confused, even as a dwarf. Very. 
but I reckon. walking towards. Sorry, go ahead. I reckon uh, we should uh, take this dagger and mask, even though he left it. I uh, walk over towards the mask and like, I'm lazy. It's been a long day. I mage hand the last like ten feet and just have it float over towards me, and uh, I pick up the dagger and stashes. Start. I'm assuming Rankrum started walking towards the mattock or the Iron Woman. I'm. Uh, he's not even making like a quick clip. He's just like somberly walking out of uh, them. I look to Cosmo and I just kind of shrug and I start following Rangrim. Well, I'll I'll take care of him, and I kind of hurry ahead, and I just kind of slump my big arm over his shoulder. It's all right, Rangrim. I know we all have our uh, skeletons. It'll be all right. Thank you, Cosmo. He's kind of like wincing because, yeah, is yeah. his eye a bit? He's like, well, I hope that someday you might find me an honorable dwarf too. And he takes the bandage off of his right hand or the the ribbon that was his daughter's and just shows it to Cosmo. He's like, I couldn't cut this fucking eye out. No. But uh, the marks of our past won't define us. We are who we are in our futures. I. I. Glenn looks to yeah. Gary and Greg and boys. Uh, <laughs> Gary and Greg. two guards. <laughs> I forgot they're there. I forgot about I Gary this. and Greg. <laughs> They are yeah, fucking yeah. terrified watching what Rangrim just did. And I, I assume that, like, like Rangrim, your your eyes, like, I, I'll say that, like, it's, you cut it straight down so it didn't, like, it's not like it was a stab, so, like, you're not going numb, but, like, it's, it's kind of like it's got Novocaine almost on the side of it, and, like, it, there's just blood, like, running down and dripping off your chin, like, at this point, out of your beard. Mm-hmm. Call out to Gary and Greg, I'm like, ah, Gary, it looks like you're gonna get to see that beautiful wife of yours after all, but you're gonna go ahead and tell Chesk about this, right? We don't need to necessarily follow you down there. We're going to go take care of our buddies. He's going through something. Can you uh, run ahead and let Chesk know what you saw today? Uh, gladly. And I follow Rangram and Cosmo to wherever we're headed. Yeah, they, they head out and uh, start heading towards the, the boulder fist compound. Is that a two? It's no, one. it's one. Oh, we're coming out and yeah. they just head up. Okay. Yeah, they just they just head up around. I catch up to the, the group. I say, boys, you think we might need to go check in on uh, Chav? And, I mean, maybe your mom too, Cosmo. I can't really tell what the connection is besides us. Uh, we might need to kind of do well, some planning for this next step before well, we go after her. Well, if they didn't know where me mom is, I don't, uh, I don't reckon now would be a good time to go back. But, uh, great point. Um, maybe we head it's over. It's getting pretty late, isn't it? I'm really not. Like time. It's, I'm really You're not jealous, sure. <laughs> it's your I think world. It, I, think, I think it is because the, the events of all this stuff happened around like you, you found, uh, Chav outside of the house around like noon or something like that because you had just gone and talked to, Bronn that day, and then he came back later in the day to talk to you. Wait, then he well, died. I um, think we were supposed we went, to meet him we, around in the evening, and this was we, all like late night shenanigans. 
basically. So it would yeah. be it's pretty much. It's been a very long fucking day. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's actually super day. late. Uh, that's a good point. Um, although looking at the uh, the sun, very much gone. I think we might need some rest too. Um, yeah, right. head back to Luther's Legends and maybe I'll close the door this time. Yep, I reckon uh, we should probably do that. We should stay together tonight. Oh, oh, boys, I forgot to tell you. And then I, like, tell them the whole back, like, the whole story of me getting attacked so they're aware that she was, like, able to transform and yada, yada, yada. Oh, yeah, that's right. We never were able to... No one was there but me. Well, I, w I wasn't able to uh, find an anti-venom, but I think with this dagger, I might have a little more time. We might be able to work something out. Right, we should uh, we should get back. Have have some ideas as to what our next steps might be, and uh, might have a little bit of work ahead of us for before bed. Um, so we go back to Luther's place. Yeah, so you you head back there, and uh, it's I mean it's just as you left it. I I don't even know the door's probably still open. I would assume because you were kind of hiding when uh. The assassin dress she was, was the out. last one out. Did she close the door? Probably not. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> the assassin Probably. and she's rude. <laughs> it's absolutely. How did Rangram raise her? Yeah, hell of a job you did there, Rangram. Bad parenting. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah, nice see, for a gray dwarf. <laughs> you see you the can other see. Ones. You can see just the um, you know the the doors open as you approach and. Um, it, it seems like things have kind of quieted down. The um, You can see that there are a decent amount of soldiers that are kind of milling around more than usual, um, but it's not something, and they're pretty, uh, there's a pretty large amount of them kind of consolidated or around where the barracks would be. So that, aside from that, like, you know, there's more going on than normal at this time of night, but it's not like anything's crazy falling apart anymore. It seems like things mm -hmm. have quieted down. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So uh, okay. you you get back to Luther's Legends, and uh, the 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 floor is closed uh, because that was how Glenn locked them in, mm -hmm. and uh, so essentially, yeah. But all the lanterns are lit, and uh, you go okay. in and shut the door behind you this time. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I check uh, the. Uh, I make a glancing check at that old chest. Did does it look disturbed? Does it look like maybe Luther might be back? It doesn't look disturbed. Uh, I assume that you did. You relock the lock afterwards. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, so then, no, it's it's still sitting there locked, and it looks unperturbed. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Head down. Head downstairs. Yep. Cosmo, head. you said you had uh, some late night work we need to take care of. What do you have in mind? Well, uh, one thing I think, uh, Rangram, I need you to finish uh, making a copy of that seal. Mm. And uh, I reckon um, we need to make a plan for that. But uh, do you want to work on that anti-venom, or do you feel that we are at uh, at peace for the time being, Glenn? I think uh, I don't think we're going to see see that assassin necessarily immediately. But uh, you know, maybe after a nice rest. While you guys are still sleeping, I'll wake up a little early and I'll get some work done on it. Uh, roll for initiative. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Should have focused on the anti-venom. <laughs> Thousands of spiders. 
yeah, I think I could take care of that, take care of that in the morning. What'd you have in mind for the rest of the night? You want to use that seal? I figured that might have been a good resource to send a message, but honestly, I've been so confused since I got to this town. I'm not really quite sure what to even say. You have you have anything in mind? Well, I have something in mind, but uh, for now, I'll likely keep that to myself. If you don't mind, I have uh, some reading to do, and I pull my book out, and um, I start kind of looking around. Are we, we're in the under portion, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So I'll just do a quick, uh, quick recap of what this room looks like. Yeah. So down below, it's a, it's a cylindrical room that has four alcoves coming off of it that were a... Uh, one was, or so, and okay, so sorry, cylindrical room uh, that has kind of a domed ceiling that has these like magical ball lights hanging and floating through the air. Uh, in the center room, there's like this kind of hot spring pool that's a, a healing pool. Uh, and then there are the four alcoves. You have a teleportation circle that is not active. You have a magical library, an alchemist library, and a, what was the last one? Uh, Magic library, alchemist library, and... Magic, herb, alk, and teleportation circle. Right, okay, yeah. So herbalist uh, herbalist station and alchemist station. That's what it was. Um, uh, Glenn, and then like... off... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, straight off of that, when you go in the room, is there's a small hallway that has rooms coming off of it that are essentially like bedrooms to stay in. Mm. Glenn just immediately like slowly walks into the pool and just sits down and just like a jacuzzi just leans back says well if you uh don't have anything for me right away i'm just gonna hang out real and then i just fall asleep or go into an elven trance i'm just room would go off to um just one of the rooms and i think we we had it written down that it, i already spent 40 minutes on mm -hmm. the copying his signet yep. ring so i'd take another 20 to try and finish that or maybe if it takes a little longer to get up my juices i don't know yeah, um that's that's about that's 20 to 30 minutes i think you're able to wrap that up okay so rangrim takes takes the signet ring and hands it over to cosmo um while he's reading his book right and uh it's a exact duplicate exact no one's ever gonna know it's not the real one except maybe for the color so you might not want to get caught with it that's all right. I'll keep it to myself. And uh, looks over at Glenn in the pool, and he goes, "Elf." Kind of jerk awake. Yeah. And he tosses it over to him, and he goes, "You can have this one." And just like one eye open, I catch it, and just like hold it. Uh, uh, maybe if we can put it back, it might make us not look so conspicuous. Then Rangram goes off into the magic library and he's looking at some of the books and then he just pulls out some hemp and rope from his little healer's kit and starts stitching his eye closed damn glenn uh sitting in the the hot tub i guess uh slides a ring onto his finger and like kind of eyes closed just yells out to cosmo, cosmo we got to get him more of those DOS dogs. His vocabulary is really expanding. And it's kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> Choice time. Oh, man. That was good. I reckon it'll make a. It'll make a great dwarf out of him. Plenty of DOS dogs. Part of a balanced diet. Right. And still, vocabulary. And vocabulary. Still 
still eyes closed and yelled over to Cosmo, "What uh, what do you need me to work on, man? I could I could use the rest, but well, if you got some goals for the night. I'd rather do them sooner rather than later." I just really want that. Uh, I really think we should have that ring back, but uh, if you think we might have a better opportunity tomorrow, once things settle down, then uh, we'll take it. I can, uh, and he like kind of lifts his head up and opens his eyes like, I can uh, take care of this real quick before I go to bed, I think. I think I got some juice in me and I kind of like try to jump around, but it's just, it's not festive. It is just tired. <laughs> just drained. So what do you, uh, what do you have in mind? You mean drop this off or? Uh, I really, maybe we just take it back to, uh, take it back to the room. Maybe not necessarily with the body. That doesn't sound like it would be an easy trip. But uh, something back to his uh, quarters. I think that's a great idea. I imagine his room's got to be attached to that, that big old office that he had. I reckon maybe. That a good assumption, you, didn't you, you didn't see any doors um, off of it, but that doesn't mean they're not any there. It's just that they, they could be hidden passages or something. Gotcha. Uh, but essentially... It was just his office, uh, and you also would probably assume that the body's probably not there anymore. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. yeah I feel like body, he right? took it. Yeah. Um. Right. Yep. Just uh, maybe even just get it back into the office, and uh, that would be that would be sufficient. Hey, man, I've I've stolen more expensive pieces. I'm sure I could figure out how to put them back. And he just like starts to get out of the tub and starts kind of like getting ready to head out. Uh, well, what I need for me is, uh, I need a fine piece of parchment and a wax candle. And I look around. I saw plenty of that in the alchemist lab. Yeah, uh, for sure. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would say that anywhere over there, would there, I mean, there's, there's candles, there's okay. everything you need. Um, hey, do you need me here for this part or should I just get going now while you're doing this? No, you can get going. Sounds good. And I knock uh, out. Just for brevity's sake, unless you have something that you want to do on the way, um, you can just roll me uh, two stealth checks, and then we can we can see how you do. Okay. Just getting, um, getting back in. Just kind of wrapping it up while he's doing those rolls. Um, basically, all what you see is you'll see Cosmo sit down with this parchment, his book, and um, you he writes in a. A letter, and then um, he folds it, puts Which it. Which letter? A. Multiple. B. A few. C. Couple. D? At least a few dozen. There's at least twenty six. Sorry, I cut you off. You're good. Um, so you just see him like writing, and then you see him like folded into the envelope, and then uses some hot wax to seal it with the. Uh, replica of Brongrim's seal. Okay. Do, or do you want to tell me what these things are? Not yet. Okay. All right. <laughs> as he as he thinks about what Oh, uh, it's a present for me. <laughs> I can't wait to open this later. <laughs> um I would as an attempt to kind of help myself. Um I would be using fine familiar. I'd be using Poe to kind of scout my path to avoid people. Could I maybe get advantage on one of the rolls? Yes, you can. 
And as he walks It's also out, late at night. Rangrim would see him going on the task that he, he knows what he's doing and tap him on the shoulder and say, go well, Glenn, and give him guidance. Nice. I got a, thank you for the, the advantage because I rolled on that one. Uh, I got a 18 and a dirty 20. Okay. Yeah, I'll say that you're able to get over there and the front door, it's not guarded. There's no one, I mean, there's no one to guard anymore. So essentially it's locked, but you're able to pick the lock, get inside, uh, drop it off. Uh, the room is essentially almost pitch black. It's it's almost the same scene that you saw when before you left. Like there's the chip in the wall from Cosmo swinging his hammer. There's you know the blood all over the desk from uh, you know from Brongren dying. And yeah, it's just devoid of people. Probably kind of eerie, but you're able to get in there and you just set it down on the desk and then peace out. Uh, once I set it down on the desk, kind of take like another like pass of the room. Um, and I actually like set the ring down and position myself in like next to his chair. And I just sit into his chair to kind of like position myself where he was and kind of like to think about the fact that he got shanked in the eye, like get chills thinking of it and kind of stand up and check my corners and come home. Cool. Cause I'm pretty sure she's right behind me at all times. She's going to get you. Right. Well, um, that's that's all I had before bed. Before we long rest it. Uh, the only other thing Brangrim would have, he was in the the magic library, and any of the books, because we went over the fact that Brangrim cannot read common, but he can read um, under common. And I think it's, I have like deep speech or something, but he can read under common. So any book he can read, he's looking for anything in the magic library with reference to the symbol the red hand or the hand with the eye in it okay um what kind of books are you looking into in particular like if you're looking at essentially mad like magical history these are not going to be they're going to be essentially like lore and actual like it would be anything that's um any books that that he might look at that look like they pertain to like the underdark or like Underdark, um, magic's more common to the Underdark. Basically, he's kind of looking at a book that looks like it might have came from the Underdark, whether it's the binding or something like that. That's the first thing he's going for. Okay. Um, yeah, so as you're looking through, you're, you roll me a history check. I think that there's more that you can glean from this. That is a 15, and I don't think I have a bonus to history because I think it's actually intelligence. Do you get guidance? I did not give myself guidance. That's just a dirty 15. Oh, okay. okay. I didn't know if it was a um, Yeah, so as you're going through this book and you're looking, um, I think that you learn more about the fact that you don't find anything than, uh, than you do anything else. So there is what you kind of... So as you're going through this and you're looking through like different kinds of like drow symbology and, and runes and different kinds of like ways that, you know, different underdark civilizations cast spells. And it's like this study on the underdark cultures and the way that they cast spells. And it's very different. And you, you, it's conspicuous for the fact that as you're looking at this thing and looking at the symbol, you're realizing that this is definitely not some, some kind of like civilizational like 
symbol. This is not something that's been around for a long time. This has been this is something that has probably not been along like been around longer than the sundering. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's more recent. And so like that, that's kind of what you're you're kind of starting to see is that like this is not a magical symbol. Whatever this is, this icon, this logo, this thing you keep saying is not a magical symbol inherently. Um, but it symbolizes something still and you feel like you'll find it you're just not looking in the right place. And that's kind of what you get from this. Mm -hmm. Okay, perfect. And as we know, Rangram's not a very much a strong reader. So he'd only spent probably maybe like an hour to two at this before yeah. turning in for the evening. Cool. So everyone's kind of cruising on over to their perspective rooms or Glenn, are you sleeping mm -hmm. in the hot tub? Yeah, 100% sleeping in the hot tub. Glenn, is, <laughs> Glenn sets his like double-bladed scimitar and he's sitting with his back facing the stairs that lead down sorry he's sitting with his back so he is facing the stairs that are leading down like he is watching that door kind of in and out of his trance yeah. for the next four hours um and then before the group wakes up or is there something you want to happen at night but i have something i want to do before they wake up if that yeah i i, I actually have something for each of you cool so uh Cosmo, uh, what are you doing? Like before you go to bed, how are you settling into bed? Um, it's so settling into bed on your back, on your side. Are you I a really, left or a right guy? I really yeah. like pillow between yeah. your legs. What are you doing? Somebody to be the big spoon. <laughs> Cannon. <laughs> Cosmo's uh, always small soon. Yes. <laughs> That's His fine. tracer body pillow hat. He has that with him. Mm -hmm. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, so just settling into bed, I think I'm reminisce in my this journal that I that I have. Uh, I'm a little. So you're going to bed reading it. Yeah, I just kind of settle in reading. Yeah, and um, yeah. Yeah, I think that um, I think that you're you're like kind of reading back on this this part of uh, your dad's history as a paladin where like he was, it's kind of the part where he was back in, um, he was already in Tin Town and he just kind of like, it's talking about some, just like the day-to-day -day monotony of like going down into the mines and fighting and, and doing that kind of stuff. And honestly, just like, it's kind of like a level of comfort of the fact that you're like, you feel a connection with your, with your father um, that, you know, that is important to you. And so like, it's just kind of something that like, maybe you go back to this passage from time to time, just to like feel comfort. And so like, as you're, you're reading this, you kind of drift off to sleep and it's, it's, uh, it's probably this, you know, that level of comfort and that like familiarity that brings you to the dream that you end up having, which is, um, you, you kind of like, you find yourself, uh, and you have like a couple different dreams throughout the night, but this is the one that sticks with you and you remember, and you're younger, you're, um, probably, probably, I think how old is Cosmo at this point? I think you're definitely a younger dwarf. I'm a younger but, dwarf. I'm not really sure. I think um, the, the sundering happened 50 years ago. I, you were alive before the sundering. So, um, uh, like maybe, 80, maybe you were young. Okay. Well, so yeah, you were, you were, yeah. You're, yeah. You were a younger dwarf, um, and uh, you just have this memory um, of you were at home with your mother, and it's just a normal day, and you're in Tin Town, and then someone comes and knocks on the door, and when your mother goes and answers the door, you see the outline of three dwarves there, 
Uh, and at first you kind of see them silhouetted against the sun. You're like, oh, like, you know, your dad's home. Like it's a, it's a kind of, you know, it's getting towards that time towards the end of the, like the evening sun's going down. They're kind of silhouetted by it. Um, and then you can kind of see that like your mom's expression changes pretty dramatically and, the, and everything kind of just gets a little bit more somber. Um, and then you can kind of like, you hear uh, Bron grin and you can kind of see his outline with his, you notice now that this is a different, this is not your father. And you see the outline with like the one arm missing um, and you hear them talking about that there was an accident in the mine and there was an explosion and that your father and uh, his whole team uh, was killed in the accident and uh, your mm -hmm. mother starts is absolutely uh, destroyed and is like completely like just absolutely bawling um, and the last part of the dream is that you just uh, you see you remember Brongren kind of like going just kind of moving to you because you're standing by your mother now and he just like puts his hand on your shoulder and he just I, I'm so sorry me boy he was a good man a good dwarf it was lucky to know him. And uh, that's, and so like, that's kind of like where that memory, and I think it probably goes further than that, but I think it, it kind of blurs out at that point. You kind of like, but that's the part of it that you remember uh, and that you'll remember when you wake up. Um, but yeah, mm. Rangrim, how do you sleep? Um, oh, Rangrim just, He's. I think he went to one of the rooms. So for once, he's actually going to take one of the beds, and uh, he would just be probably laying on his back, maybe with some sort of cloth on his fresh, freshly stitched eyeball. Is the eye actually cut? Did you actually cut your own eyeball, or did you cut the like a like over the top of it? Like cool eye scar, but definitely blinded myself in the left eye. Fuck. Okay, we're gonna. We might have to work on some uh some Stuff. stats there yeah yep. <laughs> well, well did he have his goggles on no we were in the mine it's nighttime yeah he, he tries to like in a fit of rage i swear this oath and i'm just like why isn't it working a little bit sharper than i guess the the blade is probably a little sharper <laughs> than he thought it was gonna be um yeah so so like, I mean, it's probably fitful going to sleep. Like, uh, I mean, I assume that it's probably not like you're, you're turning around like lots in your head and eventually at some point um, you do kind of find yourself falling asleep. And as you do, um, like through this kind of fitful night, it's almost like fever dream kind of like in and out of like these different shapes and things. And like, you can like your daughter uh, regalia is kind of like this, this, there's almost like this dark silhouette that's like moving through these dreams in these different places. And it feels like it's like a constant, like trying to, trying to reach her. And at some point um, you find yourself like where you just like in this black void and there's this outline of regalia. It's just her, uh, your daughter and just her silhouette. And there's like this faint light in this line behind her. And you hear uh, this voice, this absolutely like pitch deep voice that just asks you, Are you coming to me? Rangum would say, I'm coming for you. What do you intend? Your death, whatever fuck thing you are, you're gonna die. This burning eye 
with this like green and orange iris opens up behind the silhouette of Regalia. And it just says, I await you. And then it shuts and it turns black and you, your dream kind of from that point is just like, it just kind of goes back to that like chasing fever dream, um, but a lot more like just abstract at that point. All good things. Um, at, least my, at, least, at least none of our dreams are <laughs> ominous tonight. Uh, mine, mine had a better end than yours, I think, but maybe. I don't know. My <laughs> I just sleep through the night perfectly fine. It's great. <laughs> yeah, Glenn, um, you do. You have uh, you have your four you have your four hours um, of like I mean I'll say that you're probably you're super paranoid like you're you're definitely oh, yeah. like staring at that that door in your weird elven trance where you don't actually close your eyes you just stare blankly at the fucking <laughs> staircase coming down uh, nothing happens uh, nothing happens through the night um, aside from the fact that you're probably hearing uh, fits of noise from your uh, you know, just like noise, like, you know, when people don't sleep soundly uh, from the other rooms, nothing to alarm you at any point. Um, but yeah, you make it through your four hours and you know that you still have a couple hours before they wake up. What do you do? Uh, so Glenn would kind of pull himself out, dry himself off, and you walk over um, to the alchemist lab. And again, he would sit kind of with his back away from the front, from the entryway. He's watching the entryway. He sets his weapon directly in front of him and then he pulls out the knife um, and he would just start trying to like piece apart or pick apart basically any type of clue that he can of what's in this venom, what can be used to maybe treat it, what can be used to make it more potent. I mean, anything that he can just like discern from the tools that he has access to and his experience as like a poisoner, like how can he synthesize this? I, I imagine it's impossible to transfer oil to oil. Like, like I can't just like rub my swords together. So like, right. I want to be able to like mass produce this without it being, I went and fought a giant spider <laughs> like to get it. Like, right. can I synthesize this in any way? Right. Um, one question. Are you doing your normal routine in the morning? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Sorry. So yeah, always um, say my little prayer to Chandrill and do my flourish of, Okay. Super dope things. Um, I'm going to go for lighting that shit on fire again with green flame blade before. Felt a little confident. I burned a little bit of the bed post, but it wasn't that much damage. I'm, I'm sure I could do okay. Okay. Um, so you start the day um, and you're going through your, you're doing your prayer. And then you, you, you light the, 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 the scimitar, the, the two-sided scimitar on fire, and you start doing your normal things. And you feel, you just feel great. And you feel like just extremely connected to Chandrell today. And as you're spinning and you're like, your eyes are closed and you're just like absolutely in the moment of this, you feel the scimitar stop in midair. And um, as if you've like, come into contact with a foe um and it doesn't make a noise of clanging there's no noise of any kind um do you what do you do i'm i would open my eyes really like i would like focus on whatever's stopping wherever i feel the force i would be looking that way uh you open your eyes and you see this blue like kind of slightly translucent slightly opaque outline of a person of an elven form, live elven form, wearing these like similar garb to what you're wearing. Um, and they have their hair tied up in like a tight, 
vine behind them. And they are one-handed holding the scimitar in the air as if they've caught it. Um, and it almost as if they're like, you can see like a little bit of energy coming from the scimitar itself into this form. And they say, Glim Alysis, it is great to meet you. My name is Chanterelle. I immediately do like a sweeping leg kick. I try to trip him. <laughs> uh she she jumps over it uh she jumps over it and kind of like is floating in the air and she says you may not recognize me i am the master thief and champion assassin of the valinar and also your patron i'll be honest i uh i thought this would be more of like a, a somber moment not necessarily so loud what is there to be sad about look at our connection look at your power that that courses through you I always thought this was just kind of a thing that, you know, I'd reach out. I was raised to do this. I didn't actually know I was going to talk. Nice to meet you. And I extended arm. I'm Glenn Yaris. Nice to meet you. Um, she, she puts her hand out and like, like there's no, there's no connection by, by any way, shape or form. Um, it seems like one of the, like she can interact with the blade, but doesn't seem like she can interact with you or she's not actually like manifesting saying, herself to be able to does do Does she reach out and try to do it? And we just like go through it. A little bit, yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of like there, and you're like, oh, wait, this is not a, uh, this is a uh, not corporeal form. Um, well, what can I help you with? Again, I didn't really have much plan to ever actually get a response on this thing. I just kind of put it out there, broadcast, if you will. And this is the first time you've responded. Where the hell have you been? That is a great question. I have. I have a very busy person. I have plenty of things to do in the uh, in the astral plane, but your power has grown so that you have become worthy of my attention. I thank you. That's 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 great news. I mean, I've been trying to do right by you. I've tricking people and stealing and insulting. It, it's been pretty busy. I invented this new thing called accomplice salt. I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but it's where you accomplice salt. You, you say something nice and hurt their feelings at the same time, it, it really puts you at a, a neutral, if you will. That seems like a, a, a very, very tactile weapon that could be used in certain ways. That's what I've been working on, making weapons. So, uh, I mean, this is pretty Powerful. nice. How do I get your attention, and what does that mean for me? I, I feel like I, I don't have food. Do I need to make you something? No, no, no. You misunderstand. You find yourself in the honored position of being my new, well, essentially, as me as your patron, you are to be trained underneath the powerful and mighty Chandrell, the master thief and champion assassin of the Valinar. I will be back. I will watch your doings and make me proud. And she disappears. Can I, like, insight check that? as it's happening <laughs> do i do i believe that this is well do i one believe this is chandrell and two do I, am i like okay with the fact that this is chandrell <laughs> like, do i like recognize that it's hey person? search your heart search your heart there oh my god um, I, got a, I got a fucking two so like <laughs> i mean that's a pretty a fair thing to be four. taken off guard that much by like this thing that you've been like this patron that was like obviously it's a mighty warrior of the Valinar, but like you have never met them. You don't know who they were or what they were in life. And so like And didn't realize they sounded like a game show host. 
I, as a player, didn't know that they could actually be interacted with. <laughs> like, I'm fully well, okay. Consider yourself interacted with. So Glenn, like, then just is kind of like taken aback. It's like I don't it's, really know what we need to do with that, but Shandrell, <laughs> I'll I'll do my best to make you proud. And then I walk over and start studying the poison. You've, you've okay. literally showed up like. You've won a prize! <laughs> Shundrell! Like, Love it. That was awesome. Oh, shit. I don't think it's going to be good for me. <laughs> I think it has potentially have... good for me. I think I'm going to have to kill somebody. Uh, and then for the last however much time is left, I, I spent some time trying to synthesize and study the poison. Cool. Um, yeah, so roll me a... Like, what do we want to do for that? Nature check? Probably nature. Let's do nature. Nature. Neat. Yeah, I do have my poisoner's kit. I don't know if that does anything. I'll say it. you have advantage because you're in the uh, the alchemist lab as well. Well, it's a big old seven. Okay, seven. Uh, you are able to get a small, 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 small amount of this um, off of the blade. But as you're kind of looking into it, you kind of... You don't know whether or not you're just not talented enough to, to do so or what, but this you realize that this thing seems when you're synthesizing it, it's very naturally derived. This like was from something. It's not something that you can like, it's not artificial. And to you haven't figured out a way to make it artificially, which there, I mean, there might be a way, but um, it's extremely complex and that you don't have any of the uh, anything that you would need to synthesize this. But you are able to get a small, small vial off of it enough to like sneak into someone's food or coat one weapon with. Okay. Um, tuck the, tuck the dagger away and kind of sheath it again on my hip. Um, I imagine it's right around when people start waking up. So I, do, is there a kitchen in Luther's Legend? Uh, yeah, it would be upstairs. Um, essentially, it would have been like a kind of more of like a quarters for preparing food and then bringing it out to the like banquet table. So it's in a separate room upstairs. So 20 minutes before I think the guys wake up, I run off to DOS dogs and I buy six DOS dogs and I run back and I pretend like I made them. I like completely just set them up like it's like a homemade like I like remove all the hot dogs like, that, that, like all the wieners from the buns and like pile them up so it looks like, like a, those are like a terrible yeah, like DoorDash commercial where they yeah. like pretend. Yep. yep. As as you run over there, Glenn, um, you do notice that there is a lot of um, what seems like people that are kind of amassing around. So like as you're going down into the area in front of the mines where Doss normally has his cart at, um, you notice that there just are people that are kind of collecting. There's more people out than normal and they're wearing kind of like more somber, dour clothing. Um, and there seems to just be a lot of stuff going on over there at the Boulder Fist compound. Okay. Um, I see that and I take note of it and I run back and as the guys are coming upstairs, whenever they do that, that's where I'll pick up. So I don't think I do something first. No. No, so everyone's uh, everyone's kind of waking up, and what are they what are they waking up to? So waking up to this spread of basically, kind of very obviously hot dog buns that were already stuffed, but have been like unstuffed. But I'm just he's doing his best to make it look like he made it. Um, he looks over the guys because uh, I think uh, word of Bronkroom's death might have got out. There seemed to be a little little ceremony for him over at the mines, but 
I didn't want you guys to get hungry, so I I took my uh took my crack at maybe some DOS dogs, maybe a you know I could run the kitchen for the next the next franchise that we open up. Why don't you guys go ahead and try these? You made these. I made them. Insight check. Insight. <laughs> Insight. Yeah, Insight check. Oh my god. <laughs> Seventeen. Ah oh, fuck yeah, you got it. <laughs> I'm not even close. Nice. Now, does he call him out on 12. it? Twelve. That's the question. I don't make eye contact with you while I'm saying it. I'm like, I made them. Mm. They look almost like the real thing. That's what I was going I'd for, man. Say, uh... I'm just gonna take one and just eat a hot dog and walk back to uh, the his quarters. Um, and by the way, he was sleeping in the nude, so he was naked this whole time you were serving hot dogs. <laughs> and he's uh, going to put his uh, clothes back. As... As uh, Cosmo comes out for breakfast, as also, uh, and is making his DOS dog, he says, uh, I wonder what it's like out there right now, if there's a lot of people around or not. And he he just wanders Uh, off with his hot dog. uh, No, no, thank you. No, okay, okay. And I eat a DOS dog. You didn't make it. Over his shoulder. <laughs> but thanks That's for fair. going and getting them. <laughs> um, yeah, you. Um, it doesn't take you long. You guys are sitting there eating your uh, your your hot dogs that were definitely definitely made by Glenn, not by Doss. Uh, and Correct. you aren't uh, you aren't doing that long before you start hearing the sound of bells tolling, and it. It's like, so the first, you, know, you get the first bell and it's like, oh shit, is there an attack down on the mine? And then you get a second bell Fuck. and then it kind of keeps going and you get to the third bell and you're like, oh my God, this is the worst thing ever. And then there's a fourth and then finally a fifth bell that tolls. Um, and that last one kind of hangs, that last note hangs in the air. And I don't think you guys know what five bells tolling means. Mm-mm. I'm looking at Would my Cosmo, notes. I don't know. Have I heard this before? I don't, I, I don't think that you you would have never encountered it. Okay. Um, if you know it from in the mine, um, then you might, but it's not something that would ever be a, a normal occurrence. Okay. You, I mean, as a player, you get to tell me. I, I don't know if I know this. Uh, roll, roll a history check for me. I'll tell you if you get the right thing. Okay, let's roll these d20s. I have no fucking clue. Roll these bones. Yeah. It's a history check? Yeah. It's a 10. Okay. Um, I'll say that you, from your knowledge of working in the mines, I, you probably know that it, doesn't ha- it probably doesn't have to do with attacks in the mine. It's probably something else. And, and that is just like a, another alert of some kind that you've just never encountered. Okay. That's fine. Uh, when I hear the fifth fifth toll, Glenn would look over and be like, uh, boys, I think we may or may not be getting summoned, but that sounds kind of like a like an all call, but maybe we need to make our way down to the mines. We gotta do something. Let's go. Uh, finishes getting dressed, but, but first he goes over and grabs Cosmo's war pick and i would use my blessing of the forge to give that a plus one until my next rest 
Red. Plus one what? Yeah. Like uh, damage? Plus, yeah, it's a plus one. It's, a now, it's plus now a one plus weapon. one weapon. So it's plus one damage, plus There's... one to attack. Oh, so it gives me a plus one to hit? Plus one to hit and plus one to damage. Okay. I don't know that there's any way to do that to my character sheet, is there? Uh, D&D Beyond, click on it, and then top right corner, you'll see hit override. Oh. Two hit override and then damage override. Uh, look to kind of see a glow, I'm guessing, of the item. Be like, I mean, I feel a little bit singled out, but that's okay. And I like hop up to my feet like the most chipper you've ever seen, Glenn, who almost never has emotional reaction to anything, and just like whistles as he walks out the front door and just starts walking towards the mining group. Um, I'll say that you, uh, when you're holding on to your double-bladed scimitar now, like you feel a connection with it, like more than you ever have. It's like almost like a, it's like warm in your, like kind of like a warm heat, like a friendly warm heat to your touch when you're holding this weapon now. Oh, I see <laughs> it. Sorry. When I when I walk out and I'm all excited and I'm whistling, I I like kick down the door and I pull it out and I just do like a whirling dervish the whole way there. Like I'm just like spinning it and like like you're in a baton, fucking parade with a baton. Super excited walking to. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pull out a whistle but and start marching. It's like a six foot blade. <laughs> um, Throwing yeah, it up, I'm so, like nodding to people. It's like the happiest you've ever seen, Glenn. So as you all go outside, it becomes um, pretty apparent that like there is a big group of people that are amassing down in the kind of like lower tier area of the city, um, just kind of in a U shape around the uh, Boulder Fist compound. And there seems to be this like progression, this procession that is leading up from the bottom, um, all clothed in like dark, dark clothing. And so as you're getting closer, you're seeing this, but like they seem to be like going up towards the top, like to the very tippy top of the compound to the top level um, and going up on top of the building. And they seem to, once you see them get up there, you see that they are assembling what looks like a funeral pyre. Damn. A what? Uh, a, funeral. a funeral pyre. Oh, okay. So like a big, like essentially a watchtower uh, that they are for burning bodies. Yeah. No, I know what, I know what a funeral pyre is. I just didn't, or pyre, I heard. I don't know. Um, and... Funeral Sorry, pie. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, as you guys are walking down there, the five bells do toll again. Just... Mm. When they're kind of lining up and walking up, is there anybody by the entrance of the like front door? Like, is there like people walking like near the entranceway to like his like office area, that long hallway? Or no, they're kind of just like walking past it. They're all in the dirt area. So like in the dirt area in front of one, um, they're all kind of a mass down in there. They're all looking up. Think of like a when you say like in a, front of you mean like north, like between one yeah, and five. Yeah, sorry, north. Okay. Yeah, north, exactly. Um, so mm -hmm. they're kind of amassing in that U on the northern side, and they are think of it all like a like a Lion King kind of thing where they're all looking up at this funeral pyre that is being, you know, that's going slowly, snaking its way up to the top and is now being assembled up top there. Um, and as the so, as they get up there, they set the. You can see that they're they seem to be setting the a, a body up there as well. Look to Cosmo. I like, Cosmo, this is real nice ceremony you guys do around here. Uh, I took care of that thing you asked me to do earlier. I've what? dropped off. I, I returned his goods, but what's that? I uh, I feel. Can you? Uh, I should have asked you to do this before, but uh, do you think you can put this there? 
and I hand I mean, him. The... What? Hand me the scroll. I hand you the envelope. I'm gonna a... make him go back a second time. <laughs> Wait, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a man of honor. I do not necessarily spend a lot of time in a dead man's off. And then I'm just like, start cracking. I was like, nah, man, I'm just kidding. I'm happily gonna do that. And I just take so, it. And I so, like, sorry. Put my double bladed scimitar it, back, and I like. It, it, it was late, and I should have asked you. I should have said, just give me a minute. And uh, I I forgot. See that that was a bad that was a bad law. You didn't have me with the hot dogs, but that one I thought you were serious for a minute. I thought you was cracking up. Are you I'm going to do it right now? And give him guidance. Okay. Are you going to do it right now? Because essentially every single person is looking up at the front of this building that you're trying to sneak into. Oh yeah, yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> Okay, you have a, you have disadvantage. So if guidance gives you, you're gonna have disadvantage plus guidance. Yeah. So I kind of like walk R up. Rangrim, are you, uh, Glenn? Are you sure this is a good idea? I've. We don't have to do it now. And I was like, as I'm skipping, kind of like come to a stop. I'm like, uh, are you sure? I feel like they're pretty distracted. And I pointed them like all kind of looking up, which is also towards the front door. I'm assuming. Yeah. It is. is there is there another way in? And I looked at you. I'm like, ah. Uh, Can't. What might if, right. we, might, we might need to hold on on this. I should probably stop Glenn, being so chipper around this Gl too. Glenn, can uh, can can Poe take it? Uh, I don't know if a lot of people here would necessarily think a flying bird with a scroll is suspicious. It's just it's just a small envelope. We could try. But it's I'll just a it. thought. I certainly don't want you to put yourself at risk during uh, our Brian Grimm's uh, celebration. I poof, like, Poe to my finger. I look at Poe. I'm like, hey, Poe, do you want to do this? Do you want to go? And I, like, point to it and, like, aim him at it. Do you want to go through that front door? Can you get in there secretly? Isn't there a window no, on the back? Glenn. <laughs> and he just poofs away. He just dips. Is, isn't there a window on <laughs> nice. the back? No, no there's, there's no windows. No, window. no windows? And uh -huh. it's literally, so like if you oh, look okay. at this, so the northern side of the uh, the mine, like the mine entrance is right there on the northern side. That little doorway directly above that entrance is the main entrance to Bronner's office. Oh, okay. Like I it was at, look, straight on. Look at Cosmo said, I, I don't think it's going to happen today, but... Oh, well, I think I better hang on to it then. Hand it back to him. Start approaching the, the you. Okay. Yeah, you're essentially pushing through a crowd at this point um, if you're trying to get closer. it's There's there's a large group of people that have collected here. Probably half the town at least. I walk okay. up to uh, like just kind of the guys and just kind of like stand next to them and observe the, observe the experience, but I still have like a smirk the whole time. So as we're getting closer, do we see any familiar, like, faces? Yes. Yes, you actually do. So as you're, as you're pushing through, um, you see a, a small consolidation of soldiers, not a very big, like maybe three to four. Um, and you see, you, you see the back of uh, Chav uh, or Constable Hunter, who is uh, standing kind of like in loose formation in the center of these, these soldiers. Okay. Uh, and any... you're just kind of looking forward, and they're all they're all just kind of like it doesn't seem like they're there for any kind of duty. Uh, they're just okay. they seem to be just kind of. I like uh, I approach lightly, and I just quietly, Chev Constable Chev. He looks around and, oh, it's uh, 
it's actually great to see you. I, I wanted to thank you, actually, uh, you, Rangrim, right? Is that? Hi. Um, and he kind of like looks down at his stomach and goes, I would have been a goner last night uh, if it wasn't for your help. I sincerely appreciate it. And I, as far as I'm concerned, I owe you one. Unfortunately for you, I'll remember that. And he sticks his hand out and uh, shake his hand. Um, yeah, he, he shakes your hand and, uh, and he's kind of holding your hand. And he's like, hey, um, actually, I have something I'd really like to speak with all of you about. I know that we talked about it a little bit when I first got to town, but I think that I think that after the events of last night, um, things have taken a little bit more of a, a dire tone. So if after this is over, um, I would love to meet someplace private. If you have a place that we could, I would prefer that over having you come to the barracks just for privacy's sake. I think that could be arranged. All right, Cosmo. Right. Yep. It sure can. Uh, I reckon, uh, do you have a place in mind or, uh, we could, we have a place on just up on the hill. I've only, I haven't been in town even for a full day yet. So I, uh, I kind of defer to you on this one. Well, what a day it's been then, I suppose. But, uh, if you meet us up on the, uh, north side of the town, there's a large tent on top of it. Usually. (laughs) I was wondering what that was for. <laughs> that's that's where just uh meet us there and uh we'll we'll speak uh we'll speak then. Uh I look forward to it. I think that I think that we need to figure some things out. There's there's clearly something more going on in this town that is putting people at risk and hopefully we can put a stop to it. Agreed. Um and at, as he's talking, you start hearing this kind of like drums beating from up on top and it kind of pulls everyone's attention forward and Chav turns back around. Um, and you see that there is like a, the four, you see four figures that all are holding torches and they're kind of slowly, and it's kind of hard to see what they look like from down below, but you can see different heights and, size, and, and dimensions to them. Um, and you see that they all kind of approach the pyre from different sides and uh, light it ablaze. And um, the drums kind of continue through this, uh, throughout at a consistent pace and everyone just kind of watches on. And as this funeral pyre burns and kind of like sends a huge, huge pillar of smoke and fire up into the air. Um, and, you know, over time, people kind of start to uh, wander back off to their homes, and it seems like things are kind of dispersing as the the pyre is kind of like turning more into a pile of ash at this point, and and cinders, and the kind of the ceremony of it has gone away, and uh, the the amount of drums kind of like drop off, and it becomes just kind of like a couple at this point that are kind of keeping up a solitary march while the the rest of the embers of the pyre burn down. Um, I think that we would kind of linger near towards the, or at least Cosmo would linger near towards the front of the building, as okay. of the of uh, Brongrim's building, to kind of wait and see as things disperse. As as that was going on as well, um, Glenn would have been kind of scanning the crowd to see if he recognized who 
may have been the four captains just to kind of get a beat on what they look like and who they might be if they're even there um you would probably guess that since there were four symbols or four figures up on top that lit the fire those they probably were up there um there was like most of the people that you didn't see a lot of like especially cosmo would have recognized that none of the leaders from the boulder fist company were down in the crowd they they were probably most likely up on top okay and i would like kind of be taking a mental note of their appearance and kind of what they're wearing and you know my time having to make myself look like someone else I'd be kind of trying to pick up on key details that might help me with that in the future okay yeah are you trying to sneak into the room it is it's starting to disperse at this point and the procession from on top has even like they've moved back down um and there's like a small group of people that are still up on top maybe 10 to 15 but for the most part it seems like everyone is kind of the people that were working in the mine at the time like everyone's just kind of going back to their business and the crowd is dispersing so uh are you trying to sneak into the office still or are you gonna wait i look to cosmo and kind of give him a a nudge in the arm like uh maybe now might be a a good time to do this i don't think too many people would be noticing right i'll uh i'll stand and watch guard from the front door and i pass him the envelope yeah, so um, roll me a stealth, uh, and you can use the... I guess you have the guidance still. Is guidance... Hey, is guidance... Roll. Oh. I don't need it. Uh, 20... Blah, 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 blah. Stealth, 24. Yeah, so I'll say that you're kind of able to... Now that people are walking down uh, and kind of walking down these meandering paths of like the compound of the boulder fist compound uh it doesn't look like there's it doesn't catch anyone off guard that like whereas before it would have been one solitary person walking up in front of everyone now there's people just kind of walking down in multiple different directions and so like you're able to pick a path that doesn't intersect with anyone and get up to uh Rongren's, well uh, essentially desk. the the yeah the desk um and the front door is actually wide open and so you're able to walk in uh and set the the letter down there well that's not where i'd put it so oh looking around the room do i notice any like doorways or pathways that might be you know hidden like assuming there's like a false wall behind where his desk is you could kind of like walk to another room behind it roll an investigation check gauntlet legends type things if i start shooting arrows at walls does a wall just disappear a gauntlet legends that's great <laughs> Uh, well, this is what they call bad in my country. Uh, it's a one. Okay. Ooh, uh, green archer needs food badly. <laughs> um, food is good. Yeah. So, okay. Great. Awesome. One is awesome. Um, you, you are in the, you're, you're in the room and you're kind of like looking around at the walls really closely. And then you hear, uh, someone coming from behind or someone kind of, you hear steps on the stone behind you kind of echoing down the hallway and you hear i i hey, would have been at the what front are you doing door. in here yeah I, so he's at so he's at the very oh you're at the front door i was at the front door okay um so then you would see that uh chav is uh, or not chav uh chest evan chest the uh captain is walking um up to the door and he's like hey what are you guys doing here well uh i was just watching the funeral view uh i was actually waiting to uh speak with you after uh, we were supposed to meet, I think sometime today to kind of speak with you about 
what we found, I think. Yeah. Yeah, actually. Um, well, I guess I was planning on having you, summoning you to my office later, but we can take care of this now. Is, uh, is your other, is Rangrim, are you there? Yeah, Rangrim would be like near okay. Cosmo. Okay. He might not be right at the front door, but. Okay. Um, uh, all right, well. Will, but I hear uh, just, this. Come on, inside. just I would hear this kind of like echoing down the hallway. He's yeah. He so he would be walking towards it and be like, "All right, let's um, let's actually just go into Brongren's office." Uh, oh, we, 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 we were going to meet so, uh, Glenn at Nomadic. He wanted to be there for this because he's law abiding. We need to find a place. We need to find a place that's less uh, less conspicuous than the Matic for this well, conversation. Well, Chesk. Well, okay, well, we'll meet him at, and then we'll come back here. We just have to meet him. He's bad with directions. Chet Chesk. There's been uh, a quite a bit of development, and uh, Rain Grim, my friend here, is a bit worked up. Uh, we were we was attacked last night by the assassin again. Right uh, points to his eye. And uh, oh my god, that it took your eye out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have we <sighs> have we have uh, we have the dagger this time to. Uh, to show but uh all right listen but, uh, wait, i you know this let's yeah, let's great. Chesk, Chesk, let's move inside no, it's let's there's been going, some go- let's okay. go inside but i want to tell you uh that uh we was trying to search for more clues and uh because that's uh, it's fine it's fine i don't you, listen this is taking way too long we need to i, I don't have much time let's go in and but, so he he walks in he's like oh good you're here too let's <laughs> <laughs> and shuts the door behind him. <laughs> um, listen. I would, uh, I would try to sneakily flick the envelope under some papers out of like his purview. Okay. Listen, I, I could ask you a hundred questions. I honestly don't care. Cigarette has claimed blood rights to the Boulder Fist Company. She is the only living relative of Brongren that is anywhere near here. She is essentially claiming that and not allowing any of us uh, to even R- to talk about r- ruling this thing together or, or splitting any kind of ownership. She's, she's essentially trying to move all of us out of the way. Well, Chesk, um, we was in here looking. Uh, Glenn, did you, did you find anything? Uh, that's, a, that's an interesting thing you bring up. I actually just happened to find this sealed letter, and I pull out the sealed letter that's on his desk under some papers. Chesk. What does it say? I ask fucking terrified. I hand <laughs> I hand it to Chesk. Uh, you know, I don't like to get busy with other people's business. I feel uh, like you should John, go ahead and take this you, one. You, you see a sealed letter with Brongrim's seal on it. Uh, if you'll motion to Discord, you'll find right. the contents if you'd like to read them. oh man all right if you're reading this then it means i'm no longer on the plane of existence and i've passed on to be with me ancestors with all of the attack in the border of his mind in recent days i have decided to set a will for my seat on the council should anything happen to me in its defense during these attacks i have seen that dwarven honor and (laughs) fuck in a young dwarf that I had not seen before in many years, 
of his father or his and his father's service to the Boulder Fist Mining Company. Should the unthinkable happen, I elect to give my seat and seal to Cosmo Stoneheart. With honor, Brongrim Boulderfist. And and Glenn just looks like so shocked, but like dramatically shocked. Like oh. performance, performance check, deception check from uh from oh. uh what do you get? What do you get performance check wise? Uh natural 18 and okay. the artiste that I am a 19. Nice. That's no, you you pull off the uh you you pull that off. Um all right, Cosmo, I need a deception check for you because and it's going to be contested against the insight of Chav or uh, Chesk. God, why did I name them so closely? Um, and it's because of the handwriting. That's fine. Um, all right. I'll give it. Uh, I want to give Cosmo my inspiration. What does that do? Can you do that? I have inspiration, right? Yes, I do. I will, I will let you give it to him because cool. I will honestly say that this idea in general is relatively inspiring. <laughs> so what do I just do? So I roll it, and then what do I? What happens now? You have an advantage because of uh, because yep. of that. Okay. Son of a. Oof. I needed that <laughs> advantage. Uh, what do you want? A deception. Yes. Deception. Fuck yeah. It's a 22, motherfucker. Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, and that's contesting his deset or his uh, insight, which was 11. So he reads this letter. He goes, Well, this might is honestly this 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 could work. This 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 is something that could work. I he never even talked about you. I, I can't, it's, it's crazy. Um, well, so before, I mean, this is great. Um, I, I'm not gonna lie to you. Cigarette is still gonna fight you on this That's... because it's as much as honor is important to uh, the dwarven kind. Uh, she's probably the least honorable dwarf I've ever met. My plan, and this is this is gonna this is gonna really gonna. She's absolutely livid about the death of Brongrim. Um, what what does she, she think it she's was? She's blaming. She's she knows that whatever killed Brongrim came out of the Underdark, and she is absolutely set on driving the refugees back into the Underdark. She will not have them there anymore. Well. Uh... Well, what can I do? Because this is quite the surprise to me. Uh, truthfully, in the in the previous <laughs> days, uh, well, in the, my in, the in, in the previous days of defending what me hometown of Tin Town and fighting for the mines, uh, you know, what can I do? Well, that's that's good. You asked. My plan was to challenge cigarette in combat to be able to take over the position if I was able to beat her and I don't know that's a big if she's much stronger than I am but if I don't have to get my ass kicked and you seem I think you're stronger than I am you can challenge cigarette with this with this letter you have the ability to do so you can challenge her to combat 
And if you win, then she will have to pass over the title to you. That's uh, that's quite the stake. But if it means defending me friends, me town, and uh, those in need, I'll do it. And he like looks. He looks like like looks relieved, and he's like, guys, I'm. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I, I was coming in here basically to tell you that I was going to essentially kill myself to try to stop her from sending them back down or to driving the refugees out because I, to try to take this over from her. But you have made my day with this. You have no idea. Um, I hope you live. I really do because she is out for blood. And if she knows that you are going to stand between her and that title. She is going to take you on a one-way trip to fuck up town that you are not going to want to get on board with. Well, I bet there it's, it's not a nice town. No, it's rough. Well, I'll do whatever I need to. And, uh, with well, my f- beat her. That's what you need to do. Consider it done with me and me, f- me and me friends behind me. We can do whatever. I think we might need a, some time to maybe discuss but would you be able to extend this new bit of information to cigarette so we can uh maybe set up a council meeting i feel like there's got to be more than just us making this decision can we uh maybe get some time Challenge. sounds like you sounds like you owe us a beer at least but we uh we could use some time as well by the bylaws the challenge has to be extended by has to be done today at noon the, the noon of the death of of the the previous uh essentially Brongren. Well uh, so is it uh one on one or how does these challenges normally work? One on one. It will take place down essentially out in front of the mine. Very well then. Uh, uh Clint looks to Costa and just kinda hangs his head and is like Man, I thought we had a really good friendship. And I just kind of like pat him on the shoulder. It, were you going to give me any kind of blessing there? Because I felt nothing. <laughs> I got I got nothing for you, but... And then I just kind of like somberly take a step back. Well, uh... I guess I just go out in front of the mine and challenge her to a duel there, now. No, uh... Do you okay? What you'll need to do is I will assemble. I already had all this planned because I was planning on assembling later and challenging her instead. She's going to be down there ready anyway, accepting challengers. Only people who have the right, which would have been the three captains aside from her, and now you because of this letter, have the ability to challenge her. None of the other two, uh, Mokan and Gorman. We're not planning on challenging her. They don't care. Moken, all he wants is for someone to tell him what to do. And Gorman doesn't give absolutely two shits about it. So I was the only one who was going to stand in the way of this. But now you are. So I'm glad that there's someone else in the way so that my face doesn't have to be the thing that stops her. Um, So just be there at noon. I'll have everything else ready to go. We'll be there. And bring that letter with you. Don't lose it. I won't lose it. 
and as chess is walking out, uh, real quick, is this like a like a fight to the death, or is this kind of you can tap and like you know grab some beers afterwards, and kind of say good job? I think it's to the death, well, me friend. It's it's kind of up to you. It's not supposed to be fight to the death, but um, like I said, it's cigarette, and then he just walks out. <laughs> uh, I reckon uh, it might be to the death, uh, but. By the holy light, I will win and defend our friends. This is just another day I, I thank my blessings that I am not a dwarf and I walk out the door. And I I guess kind of hold the door open towards the front where I'm guessing Cigarette just is. <laughs> no, 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 guessing. it's not noon. It's it's early in the day. Oh, okay, uh, good. Uh, yeah, you, Glenn, guys have like, Glenn, you guys have like four hours at least. Glenn, uh, where did you put the seal? Of uh, Brungrim's seal, and I just look around. The the original, the real one. I put that on the desk. Is it still there? I think Cosmo's fate the only thing that's sealed around here. Um, the uh, the seal is still sitting on the desk. Yeah. All right, I put it on. Enter Cosmo's brother, Jasmo. <laughs> <laughs> walk over to uh, walk over to games. Like uh, I think we might need to catch up with constable before we're going to take all this on but right we let's, might be able to help each other out in this let's uh let's head back to luther's we'll see if constable's there and uh i'll uh i think i need to go into the hyperbolic time chamber or something <laughs> you need to start uh, doing some push-ups man here comes yeah, carb up here comes Luckily, we can help Oh, little been a, they're, I'll cast eight on the whole party. So, oh, nice. How long does that last? It's eight hours. Oh, shit. Nice. What is aid? It's uh, you have five added to your maximum hit points. Oh, okay. Well, I know there's been a lot of eyes, uh, but I think I not, might need one more eye. I need the eye of the tiger. <laughs> I wish we didn't give up that whistle. <laughs> right? Oh, my God. I can't wait for a four hour montage of you punching beef and running upstairs. Uh, that's so we start heading over towards. Is do we tell him? Oh, we told him to meet us at Luther Legends, right? So we head over to Luther's Legends. Do we see? Yeah, yeah, you get there, and he's uh, he's waiting outside, and he does not have a retinue of guards with him, it's just him, just him. Interesting, say, uh, Jav, you're pretty brave to head over here alone, and I want to kind of give him a once over to make sure that it's Jav and not our, our sneaky little friend. Does, does um, he? Yeah. No, he doesn't. Roll insight, or uh, investigation, or something. Uh, natty eighteen plus five is twenty three. Uh, yeah. So I'll say that you can tell that just the finer details of this person, like you, you, you notice that when Cosmo was being uh, essentially duplicated, that they didn't have like he didn't have like weapons and things like that, like items that he would have normally had. It doesn't seem that it seemed like it was limited to not being able to duplicate like weapons. And so like the smaller details of like the sword on their hip and things like that are here. And so you notice that you, you would take to this to be the real uh, constable hunter. Okay. And kind of just internally process that, open the door or hold the door open for him. Like uh, welcome inside. And I point him towards the long table that goes to the building. I appreciate it. This is a, uh... This is quite an establishment. This is uh, this is your place of business. This, uh, this is our place. I don't of, really know. I don't this wanna... is our place of refuge. Yep. 
it's uh it's very nice seems um seems like it's meant to house a decent amount of people or at least uh cater to events it's just the three of you here it's, we uh, have a warlord mage that's kind of on a walkabout right now so they're uh they like to take care of this place oh yes i've um uh, luther correct right that's, oh you've heard of him thanks i hear a lot of things yes i do um that's uh so you're saying he's uh he they they're out right now he uh he travels often for materials for crafting uh so i think he's off to fetch something but uh oh, yeah don't yeah. mean to pry just uh you know can't once you're uh you know you can't take the uh investigation out of the investigator um and so he kind of just goes and sits down at the table and um he pulls uh he pulls a bag off of his uh like his back pouch and, and sets on the table and just he doesn't rem, rem, like remark on it uh but he just kind of sets it down it's the same bag that you saw him pull the hakor carapace out of before um is it is it hakor carapace shaped no uh you notice that last time too it's just a small bag that he seemed to be able to pull it out of so it must have some sort of magical properties gotcha i said uh, i sit across from him on the the long table and say uh man i've seen you pull some strange items out of that thing that doesn't quite look like it should fit but you look like you have a lot of questions for us and i feel like we've probably got some for you but what exactly brings you to town that's that's kind of what i'm hoping for here i'm I think that we've moved past any kind of uh, fear of, I hope that I've, you know, quelled any fear in you that I'm here to try to take you to jail or anything like that. I think that the events of last night have moved our friendship a little bit towards, more towards friendship. Um, Again, uh, I would be here today if it wasn't for that. So take that as a grain of salt that I do owe you and I'm just trying to find out what is going on here. And what I hope is that we can have an exchange of information here that is going to help solve this and not get anyone in trouble. That's why I'm here alone. I just, I want to help find out what's going on so that no one else gets hurt. Agreed. We, we too seek to understand what is, why these things are attacking my town and uh, what it is that they're after. Well, let me start. And he pulls, um, he kind of takes the bag and he kind of dumps it onto the table and uh, then pulls a glove on and kind of the carapace clatters out on the table. It's about this big um, and it has that hand symbol, uh, the the red hand essentially, but it's not red because it's just embedded into it. Uh, And he goes, I know that I showed you this before and I know that you said you don't know anything about it. Uh, So I guess you'll just... I guess you'll just have to listen then. Um, And maybe it will illuminate you on some things. I've taken a look at this. This item, I don't know if... um, Actually, you have... uh, You're a paladin, if I'm... Or you have uh, holy powers, if I'm not uh, mistaken, Cosmo. That's right. Do you have the ability to tell good and evil? I do. Do you mind casting on this? Uh, Just so that you can tell something or confirm something that 
that we've already taken a look at. Right, yeah. So I, I do it. Okay. Um, yeah, so let me take a look at uh, Detect Good and Evil, which I believe that's what it is, right? Yeah, here, I'll read it to you. Okay. Detect Good and Evil says for the duration, which is... I don't see the duration. Uh, whatever, moving on. Uh, you know if, if there is an aberration, celestial, elemental, fey, fiend, or undead within 30 feet of you, as well as where the creature is located. Similarly, you know if there is a place or object within feet of you that has been magically concentrated or desecrated. The spell can penetrate most barriers, um, but it's blocked by one foot of stone, blah, 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 not relevant. Table. So... Uh, the waves of just evil energy that are coming off of this thing is more than you've ever encountered. And you kind of probably take a step back because of the fact that you were handling this thing so nonchalantly mm -hmm. um, during the time that, uh, and it's centered around this symbol in the middle. Uh, and you are getting absolute aberration vibes off this thing. Um, and Cha uh, Constable uh, Hunter sees you take a step back and goes, yeah. We took a look at this. Uh, we took a look at this thing, and I, uh, we actually had one of our, one of our resident uh, imperial wizards take a look at it. And though they weren't able to do the same kind of study that I can see just affected you, they could tell that the spells on this allow something to reach out through it. It's fitting that it's a hand symbol because something extremely, extremely powerful is able to literally reach their power through this. Mm. as a conduit um i don't i don't know whether it's linked in any way shape or form to the symbols that are around town um but something or someone who is in touch with this thing uh could easily be controlled by whatever is whatever is reaching through it and it is immensely powerful and that's so um, you suspect that the mark bears the ability to control the mark itself is not what's powerful. It seems like whatever is able to con like use it as a conduit for its own power is extremely powerful. We're talking like celestial level power coming through this, but not a good kind of celestial. This is a, there's Clearly. something extremely evil and powerful that is reaching through this as a conduit. So you, just to confirm, you suspect that this mark may be a conduit, but does not control the creature of which bears its mark. Hold on one second. I need to look up Detect Good and Evil again. Is it directional? Uh, within 30 feet. Radius. Within 30 feet, you get insanely powerful uh, vibes coming off of Rangrim's hand. The same ones. Yeah. Well, yes. I, I already had that in my head, which is why I'm <laughs> asking the follow-up question. If it has the ability to control the beast that bears it. Uh, are you asking Constable Ch Chat. Hunter? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because I would, I would assume, I, I would absolutely assume so. I, I don't have any experience with this. I mean, like I said, you, you both have, you have all told me and I will take your word for it, though I do have my doubts that you have never encountered this before. But if you haven't encountered, we have not, myself, I have not encountered it taking control of anything. And if you have not either, but it does have the ability to, according to, 
uh, the research that we've been able to find. It's bone. So, so you're not sure, but it definitely can communicate through it and uh, provide power. Yes, absolutely. But it, like I said, it, it, it is literally a conduit. It is a way to channel this thing's power. So then why do you think there would have been one on the side of me house? I don't know. And so that brings me to my question. I've told you everything I know. So I ask you, is there anything you're not telling me? Well, what I can tell you is that uh, these marks have been showing up on beasts coming up out of the Underdark. Uh, the assassin that attacked you bared the same mark. Out of, do, you, do you know why it would have been after you? You just got here, no. so... No, but I also... That brings me to the next kind of bad news. I don't think that it was attacking me to do any kind of um, any kind of vengeance or any kind of plan in the, except for the fact that I think it was distracting uh, with that was a distraction tactic. I think it we returned it tried. We returned back to well we returned back to the barracks and the two guards that had been or the two soldiers that had been left on duty were both dead. And the armory uh, essentially the explosives part of the armory to be specific is all missing. It's all gone. And hmm. I don't know what it intends to do with them. Uh, it sounds to me like you were able to chase it away, but not without seeing a whole armory of explosives with it. We chase that thing all the way back down to, uh, and he just kind of stops talking. I don't know. I All I can say is there are, we live in a, in a world where things can be magically concealed. And the fact that things are big don't need to always, they don't always need to be big. But I don't know. They could be stashed here in town somewhere. They could be anywhere. But that's, I don't think I was attacked for a reason other than to distract the rest of the soldiers to allow them to make their escape. Can I do an inside check on like their retelling of just the armory being missing? Does it seem like they know more than they're letting on about that? Uh, yeah, roll uh, roll insight. That's uh, 16? Yeah, 16. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not even going to roll a deception against you. Uh, they seem like they're... Uh, Constable Hunter seems like they're absolutely being on the level with you and trying to, they're just honestly trying to get you to, to be honest, you get the feeling that they know you're not telling them something and they're not going to tell you that, but they want you to be honest with them. And so they're telling you the truth in hopes that they'll be with, through their honesty, will be able to convince you to do so. And that's the feeling you get from him. Uh, Glib kind of like, after he shares his piece, looks to, Looks at Rangram and Cosmos as uh, Rangram. I think we might want to uh, show our hand if we will. And I just kind of like look towards his right hand. Shab, remember you said you owed me one. I do. Rangram just unwraps his 
hand and places it on the table just right out in front of him. We we don't he, he immediately like he immediately like kind of backs like stands up and backs away and you can hear like the, the chair like scoots back and then we, kind of catches himself and collects himself and then kind of comes closer uh what are you saying, Cosmo? I say uh we don't know what it means yet, but uh my friend Rangrim was branded down in the mines in one of these fights. Rangrim just pulls his arm back quickly and redoes the wrapping on his hand. And The beast uh, came at him with more than might, but more with the power of his mind. And branded him. And then left. What, what was it that did this? And I just kind of, I looked to Rangrim. Rangrim, you want to tell him what you saw? It was some sort of spirit or apparition. It was more of a image than it was a thing. It it... was there and then it was gone. Could you, did it have any kind of distinctive characteristics? Did it look like any, like, was it like... What kind of creature did it look like? Was it humanoid? Only Rangrim saw it with the uh, me it and look Co- kind of mind flayery. DM question. It, looked, it it did look a little bit David Jones for sure. Look, yes, well, I remember. Yeah, it, it, it was a humanoid. A lot of um, what's the word for it? I'm not good in um, common. Uh, a lot of things on its face, like fingers, but like arms and um it was i think it, i think it was purple and he's like he's like trying to like put these things together in his head and he's like like uh you're not talking about an illithid are you illithid yep those dicks the very same i knew i saw them somewhere well that absolutely um is horrifying to hear. Uh, I'm not going to be. Honest, I'm not. I'm. I'm not going to lie. I don't have much knowledge of the underdark creatures. Um, I think that that's going to be something that I'll have to look into. We of course do have experts, but um, and he he kind of puts his hand out and in like on your other hand, the one that's not or that's not bandages. Like I appreciate you and your honesty. I that probably took a lot to, to tell me the truth on that. And so Cosmo, I have a question for you. Hey. When you did your detect good and evil, are you getting the same feelings from this mark? I am. We're going to have to keep an eye on this for your safety and for everyone else's. I hope you understand. I have, which is why I've asked the questions I have. Uh, you know, it was very strange. Only Rangrim saw the beast. Me and Glenn couldn't see it. But I'm, I mean, I was busy there? killing the beast. I I don't know what you were doing, but I was. I had my that's hands an important. That's an important question, though. It's important distinguishment. Um, so it was. Uh, so I'll tell you, it was during the same battle as that Uber Hulk. That, that carapace thing you got there, we cut it out of the chest of the beast when it came through. This one's, 
from my understanding, this was from an earlier fight with a uh, hook whore. Um, they did recover a larger symbol off of the Uber Hulk as well, though. Right. Same story, different chapter. Big beast. We fucking killed it. The strange um, thing about that is that... Pretty sure I killed that one, too. From, from our wizard's uh, study of that creature in the carapace, it seems that that was actually magically enlarged. Something made that that size. It wasn't supposed to be that. And so there is something that is, whatever sending these things up is designing these things to get through and to challenge you. And they're getting stronger. Right. I, I reckon they are. They hurt a little bit more. I definitely uh, I felt those wampins a little extra hard last time too. I want to say the front line and everything. Nearly lost my life to the Uber Hulk. So Constable, what do you uh, what do you think we should do about this? We've got a little bit of time before we have another, I guess, meeting we need to attend to. But what uh, well, are you, yeah, you'll be in town for a while. What do you make of all this? I'm going to be in town. Uh, I, as long as I'm alive, I will be trying to help figure out what's going on here. We'll ask uh, one more thing, which is to just keep this to yourselves. Don't pass this on to anyone. I've been more honest in here than probably I should have. Um, but I Great. just felt like it was, I felt like it was necessary to be able to really put everything out on the table. And I appreciate you doing so as well. You still don't know how that thing got up on the on the wall. I still don't know I how it got you, up it there. Was those kids. I right. Those I mean, kids. It, I I I really wish I knew. I I woke up and it was there. That's really all I remember. I wish I could tell you more. Well, I whether or not that's true, I. I don't think, I think that we have more pressing concerns at the time, but I appreciate what you have told me. Agreed. And he gets up and uh, shakes your hands and just kind of reaches out and um, just goes, and when he's leaving just to Rangram, just, just, we're not going to set guards on you. Just, if you feel like you're becoming a danger to people, just come find me. Just, that's all I ask. I will. I haven't done anything too crazy yet. Right. You can trust that uh, me and Glenn around Rangrim here, we'll keep him in check. But uh, we would appreciate your, uh, um, what's the word? Is there one on those hot dog wrappers? Your, uh, just don't tell anybody, okay? Promise. I need I to eat. Discretion yeah, is what you're looking Discretion. for. Discretion. I need Discretion. to eat more yeah. dogs. I like how we just left him out there on that line to just like completely <laughs> strangle. Um, yeah. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so he gets up and uh, heads on out and just, yeah, that's uh, just kind of leads you there in the room. How much time before noonish? Um, I'll say that you are probably getting, uh, getting pretty close. If you wanted to head down there, you could. 
I want to make a stop by Pops at like an out, like around 11-ish. I would want to make a stop by Pops. Okay. But before... Wow, look at that. It's 11-ish. Before Weird. I... Uh, <laughs> whatever an hour before noonish is maybe noon is like 16 who fucking knows um yeah. but before i leave to go to pops look to cosmo say i've had a few of these one-on-ones and uh they generally do end in death I-, I hope you two come to an agreement that might be a little more sustainable if you will but i've learned that every little leg up counts and i'd like hand him the vial that i was able to distill and say coat this on your your war pick before you go in but don't dear god don't touch it right and then i like walk out the door start heading towards pops and i'm getting to pops and i knock on the door i'm like pops it's me uh, uh, hello pops it's it's me it's glenn bang on the door louder uh, oh, oh yeah um did we have a no? We didn't have a code word. Okay, Open yeah, come on door. in. Well, there there should have was there a code word? No, that was just with Madge. I yeah, That's I don't Madge. think that. I think that you said that you were gonna come back with you and Cosmo, but he wouldn't know because he can't see you. So he uh, he just opens the door. Pops, you have arguably the worst security in this whole town, and you have the most technology to stop it. It's really quite upsetting. Uh, uh, yeah, he's just moving around the room at his uh, kind of accelerated pace. Comes up and like shakes your hand, and then he's just. Again, gnome uh, with giant goggles on that, it, that make his eyes huge. And just as he moves, it seems like he leaves a trail almost of like past hymns that go back probably about a foot or so. I'm like, almost as if he's leaving like a trail of himself. Can I make a swipe at like the farthest back one? Do I feel anything? Like if I just like kind of like casually reach out, try to grab um, his swipe or his latest. So I'll say that I'll say that as you're moving through it towards him closer, it there's not it doesn't seem like there's very much towards the end, but it does seem like there's a little bit of resistance more as you get closer to him. Um, okay, so I like kind of like make this awkward distance because I can't tell which one I'm supposed to be avoiding. And uh, I look to Pops. I'm like, Pops, I have a a commission piece for you that I need you to make me. And there's no real rush on this, but when you get some time. Oh yeah, of course. I uh, I mean, of course. I, I love I love making things. What, what what can I do for you? So I need a device that will be able to uh, sustain a steady flow of air. Just uh, not a ton, not enough to blow somebody away, but just enough to keep something filled with air. If it was you know sealed on the other side, maybe about ten twenty feet high. Think you can put hmm. put something together for that? I can imagine some sort of powered bellows maybe it's something that that is powered by some sort of magical heat maybe hmm. i'll have to i'll have to do you have any if you don't have any plans in mind i can um what is it filling uh just a just a small almost like a bag picture just a picture a bag maybe about 20 feet tall a real narrow not nothing too too crazy i mean i imagine it'd be you know, as strong as, you know, that old wizard that came to town, that little gust trick that he kept casting, just, just something real, real mellow. Oh yeah. No, I, um, I think that we could probably work something like that up. I, uh, probably have it ready by tomorrow. We might have to do a couple modifications, but I can have the, this core structure of it done tomorrow. And I'm, I'm thinking some sort of, it's going to be big because of needing to do, but I mean, maybe 
this big and he's like he's like small but he's like holding up on his head and he's like this big uh that's that's fantastic i have a I know exactly where I can put it. Perfect. Thank you so much. Let me let me know what I can owe you, or even get you, or if you need me to, you know, help tune up some of these contraptions you made that aren't quite triggering correctly. Let me know. I think um, I think you and your friends still owe me some gems, but I we gotta I leave town I... to collect gems. That's that's on us. We gotta we got quite a bit going on. There's gonna be a really cool brawl later today. If you want to see uh, our friend here, and I like kind of point to Cosmo, who's probably breaking something in the corner. Oh, uh, he's oh yeah, gonna I, fight I saw... Oh, I, 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 yeah, I actually, I, I was watching the. Um, oh, he, wait, he's gonna be fighting. Cigarette, yeah, C- yeah, yeah, he's crazy. So. Oh no. Well, I guess we'll have two pi- two funerals today. I am a big bonfire yeah, fan. But I think one for that... cigarette and the other one for bong rips. Oh, I think I was going the other way, but yeah, that makes a lot of sense too. Thanks for your um, faith in me, Glenn. And then I turn to yeah. Rangrim, and I just like Rangrim. He was always a true friend. Oh, well, I, I guess know, right? I, I guess I know what I'll be watching tonight. And he goes over to the wall, and he there's like this big magnifying glass uh, piece of like it's like this yeah magnifying rectangle, and then it's kind of tied to this like periscope thing, and he pushes it up, and it pops out the ceiling, and then as he's moving it around, you can see it kind of like focus in on like the area in front of the boulder fist mining compound down in the dirt area on the northern side and you can see that people are grouping there and there's like a kind of a circle in the middle that is open Look. um and it's just kind of like it's almost like a, a tv but it's it's essentially like a periscope tv that he can see out the top without having to go outside of his little comp- his little house look glenn you can uh, sit here with your friend pops and eat some popcorn while i'm out there fighting for my life in my town Hey, that's a that's not a bad idea. I'll go grab a. Grab I do make really good popcorn. I I make I make great popcorn. I'll grab the dogs and I'll meet you back here in uh let's call it thirty minutes. Fucking hell! You actually gonna hang out with with pops and we'll see. <laughs> watch <him. laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens when it I starts. just I would turn and walk outside. Just fucking elves. Yeah, that's what uh, I, I mean, he's always kind of dodgy, but that's. That's that's cold. And just like completely chipper, follow them out and wave to pause. Like I'll see you in a little bit, and I just keep following. It's like all right, boys. I like get all like excited about like the the idea of a duel, and I like kind of massage Cosmo's shoulder, getting them all amped. I'm like, this is the fun stuff, man. One on one, mono e mono. Let's do this. It, Cosmo just kind of shrugs him off, and he's like, I just I'm not ready for this, mate. Just don't touch me. Do we make our way? I'm gonna follow you guys. Um, so, so uh, it is eleven, right? It's uh, yeah. It's it's like it's like eleven thirty. If you want to make your way down there, um, they, everyone is starting to amass, and you can see that there is a form standing, kind of a very uh, a very burly form that is standing in the center of this ring, kind of off to one side a little bit, um, and they're kind of pacing, and you can see them swinging some. Uh, uh, some weapons around okay um so i'd like to we can make our way down towards the front of the mine um but i'm not i'm not like i'm trying to be sneaky but i'm certainly not trying to like make a big appearance you're not uh, you're not walking in with your, uh, with your not, this is, and like like doing punching this <laughs> is not walking tall um oh, before before we leave before we leave 
a millionaire strut going on behind um, them. <laughs> Doing the flaming whirling dervish. Just <laughs> uh, before we leave Pops's, uh, Cosmo would coat the pick side of his war pick with the poison. So uh, one question. I just want just describe like I assume right now you're wearing more armor than you normally would. So like what does Cosmo's armor look like? Um, so Cosmo uh, like would have pretty much just pulled every like all of his father's old like paladin armor out of just like he is praying he definitely uh led with his heart and is now freaking out um and internally he's never faced anything quite head on like this uh one it's a dwarf another dwarf um and so is kind of feeling conflicted about it. Mm-hmm. Um, he he's not, you know, he internally he kind of signed it. He unknowingly signed himself up for this. <laughs> um, yeah, because I think in his mind he put himself in the realm of the council in order to try and be more diplomatic, um, and is now being faced with force you know um and uh and so he's so conflicted mentally but willing to fight for what he believes is right um and so his armor really just kind of reflects that where he's dusted off like he's got uh like shiny polders that bear the mark of um uh like the paladin yeah golden grim golden grim like yeah, the it's it's your dad's like old your dad's old paladin armor back from before mm-hmm. the sundering when he was uh when he was a paladin mm-hmm. um for like the the golden grim uh yeah um and he he now has like cuz before he kind of carried like a uh exactly like it's just imagine this uh much more immaculate polished uh golden well nobody knows who golden grim is but we'll have to kind of talk right. about that Golden Grim is a dwarven uh, dwarven kingdom that is on the other continent of Nuarda, and that's uh, where it was Cosmo one of the from. yeah it was one of the most uh like elaborate decorative like uh dwarven cities and his father was also a, high tech high yeah, technology high tech, yeah so that a lot of war forges um, were developed there and like flying machines things like that were developed there and mm-hmm. so that it was a it was a city that was lost for a long time and then and then you know hundreds of like i guess while ago now at this point mm-hmm. uh it's resurfaced again for you know whatever reasons um but essentially that's where cosmo the stone hearts came from was that place his dad worked there as right. or was a paladin for them mm-hmm. uh and then after the sundering they made their way to tin town and but, uh and so now he's he has his father's like shield and uh his, the war pick that that Cosmo has been using was kind of found it was his father's war pick and whatever paladin might that he's been given he doesn't know where it's coming from but hopes that by bearing his father's armor will uh grant him some 
you do get the feeling and you know this, like just, I mean, your powers showed up when you found that war pick and picked it up. So you, yeah. you, you would, you would assume that the, your, your powers in some way, shape or form were awakened by this weapon. And so like, that's probably where you would feel like, Hey, this is where my power is coming from. It's not coming from the shield or coming from the armor, but you know, it's no. like this pick is somehow connecting you to this divine source that you don't know its origin of, yeah. but and, right. Um, Aside from that, you're dudded up in all of your cere- your dad's ceremonial armor. That mm. is something you don't normally wear. No. Mm-mm. Uh, for, for what it's for what it's worth, Glenn is wearing like his like daily clothes. The tidy like, whities. Yeah, the silk uh, like big sleeves, big flowy. He is not like combat dressed. He is uh, mm-hmm. like this is a fun event for him to go to. Uh, Cosmo would as so as we kind of approach the crowd. Uh, what do we see? Uh, as you're kind of pushing your way through the crowd, I assume, I mean, you're shorter, so you, you, you're not going to be able to see through right away, but, um, you can hear like, uh, you can hear like this smashing of metal things together. And then some, someone kind of just going like, as they're, uh, and like down, uh, in front of you, like past in the crowd and the crowd itself is just kind of murmuring and muttering, but it's not really. Um, and so as you pa- push your way, are you pushing your way all the way through the front? Um, to the opening? not all the way to the opening. I'm kind of staying like a, like a, a layer or two of people back. Um, as I kind of move towards the inner circle, um, it's like keeping a, a person or two, just kind of keeping myself lower to the ground, um, just to kind of get a look at what's going on in the circle. Okay. So in the middle of the circle, uh, kind of off to the other side of it. And picture this as kind of like a, essentially like a pit at a concert. That is what you're looking at here. The right. people are densely around it, uh, but it's a pretty wide circle. And um, you see a, you don't, I mean, you would assume knowing, you would assume it's just Sid, Sigrid, and, but they are so heavily armored and are wearing like full, like, pretty much full face mask kind of thing. And their armor is this like dark steel that has these like riveted spikes covering the entire thing. Um, you would have heard of this as being like battle rager armor. Like this is armor that's designed to be able to hurt someone, whether or not you actually have your weapons in your hand. Um, and so her armor is spiked all around it. Um, and it's like this, like I said, it's this dark, dark steel. And uh, she is wielding two very large uh, morning stars. And uh, she is just spinning them and like clanging them together and like spinning them on the ground. And she's just like walking back and forth. Um, and she is just looks like she's psyching herself up and probably the crowd pretty much too. Right. Uh, uh, what so t- glad I'm not Cosmo. What time is it now? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's time. It's time. <laughs> it's, it's, it's time. Okay. Uh, so, oh, fuck. Okay. So I see Glint sees Cosmo like a little apprehensive, like to stand there, and I like get kind of excited. I like grab him on her shoulders, like Cosmo. Do you want me to introduce you? I got this. No. Uh, I just kind of looked at Rangrim and I say, Rangrim, I just really want your blessing. Just the biggest blessing oh. you got, friend. You got it. And he's just eating a hot dog. And as I see, I'm oh, just kidding. He's a uh, of course, my friend, in hashtag bless. I actually cast it on the three of us because I can do up to three creatures, so let's go. 
Right. Uh, I wish it was four and just like Gary in the crowd gets like a blessing out of nowhere. Just like, just like I feel so powerful. Glenn uh, <laughs> takes his wife's hand. He's like, it's time. Yeah. yeah. This is a new day for Gary. I'm changing everything. <laughs> guys, um, guys, I just, I want to uh, just thank you. Whatever happens here, you guys, are, you guys are the best friends. And then I just, I turn around and I just yell with this dwarven yell, just cigarette. And then I just um, go ahead. You know, no, no, keep going. What are you doing? I just say cigarette. I challenge Makara. And I just like put. I kind of like push my way through uh, the last two players, uh, layers of people. Uh, yeah, so you push your way out into this opening and Cigarette immediately, I mean, you, you yelled, so immediately uh, takes notice of you and she's kind of spinning her, uh, spinning one of her morning stars and then she kind of like uh, lets it like kind of drop to the ground and, and like hits it in the, and it sinks like halfway into the ground and she just looks over at you and goes, let's do this. And then that is where we're going to end tonight's episode. You're so fucked. <laughs> You're so screwed, dude.